Running Sentences presents The Murderous Yacht Part 4 Destruction and Mayhem An answer lies before them, but is it the one that the detectives are willing to accept? This story is a work of fiction. Any names, characters, businesses, events, and situations within this story are products of the author's imagination. Any resemblance to real or created characters from stories, real life, real situations, businesses, events, and so on is purely coincidental. This story is narrated and written by Michael Honory. Copyright 2023, Michael Honory. All rights reserved. The foursome stood in the ballroom across from the robot that had been chasing them throughout the ship. They were in a bit of a standoff, waiting for more information on how they were the killers. No, I did not kill him. The rest may have, but not I. Cobra then stepped forward, waving her hand in front of the robot. I didn't kill him either. No reason to. I don't know about Scrape, though. His claim rings hollow to me. But, uh... Take that for what you will, or whatever you wish. Well, if we're all claiming our innocence, I'll throw in my own, since I had no reason to kill him. If I wanted to kill anyone, that would not be the method I would choose. You have the wrong people, and I think you're trying to set us up, Mr. Robot. The robot turned to Blur, who was the last to speak, and took a giant step forward towards this blob of a creature. Each of them would take a step backward, looking behind them for somewhere to go. There should be a doorway to a docking area, or some other doorway, but it was not appearing at that moment. Why would I do that? I am a sentient being who is not programmed, as you suggest. Can you prove that? Yes, Scrape, I can prove that. There was a wave of the robot's hand, and a million flashes seemed to go off in front of them. They were bright and fast-moving, taking up their vision, and a second later they were gone. Oh, what was that? What you saw is my entire history from creation to this moment, Cobra. It is all recorded to show that the robots from Planet Robot are not bad, and will not... Defy the rules of robot law, I guess. Bouquet, on the other hand, was busy shaking her head at something and seemed to puzzle her as she pointed to the robot. You were in the study when Ebenezer was murdered, weren't you? In the background, yes. I'm surprised you didn't notice me as I was standing against the wall waiting for my master's orders. No, you weren't. We were all in about that room, looking it over for ways that he might have been murdered. No one spotted you in there. Well, you aren't very good at your job, then, are you? Shaking his head as well, Blur narrowed his eyes at this creature, and then looking about and upward at the now glass dome above them. Did you, were you the one who was trying to kill us? My job is to arrest you and turn you over to the police. I've never wanted to kill anything in my life. Well, with those big hands of yours, you fooled us. They always seem to want to crush our souls. Your perception is skewed to whatever horrors you dream up. 
It is not my fault. Scrape. We don't have time for this. If it wasn't you trying to kill us from up there, then someone else is here trying to do it. Otherwise, the roof wouldn't have opened up to try and kill us. The robot then cast a glance upward to see what was being talked about. It noted the cracks in the glass and waved its hand at the glass ceiling. A whirr began as the safety roof began to close. Yes, I think there is a killer aboard as well. You think it is one of us, though? The metal roof then clicked shut, plunging the room into darkness for a moment. Then, one by one, lights began to flick on to brighten the dimmed ballroom. When everything looked about normal to the group, they found themselves blinking. The robot was now nowhere to be seen. Cobra spat about in a circle to make sure that he hadn't gotten behind them, which he wasn't, and eyebrows all began to rise on everyone's heads as they tried to figure out what next. We would have heard him move, right? Yeah, Blur, I think we would have heard that. I mean, we heard every movie made. Then what has happened? Maybe the killer got to him. And did what, Bouquet, Bucket, whatever it is your name is? You don't make a hulking robot vanish without making a noise. I don't know. Space can do funky things. I mean, there are holes that create things and make things vanish. Is this ship moving, by the way? Because, uh, maybe we went through one of those weird blips of a space hole. There were shrugs all around. We were headed... Well, since we don't have to worry about that robot anymore right now, we were headed to the bedroom where all the numbers were. Let's concentrate on that. And keep an eye out? Sure, if it makes you feel better, Abler, to keep an eye out, for the robot that disappeared, do so. The four started towards where they knew an elevator doorway was with tentative steps. Despite the general feeling of it was okay to move on, they weren't quite sure of that. It took a few more steps before they began moving freely and not fearing as much. The clean and well-kept bedroom was a bit of a mess since the Blykins had been used as a rescue tool. The opening that had been before the bureau was still also sitting there, waiting for someone to accidentally fall in. Well, the sheets have numbers on them, and that other bureau will have some as well. That's what we're after, right? Yeah, I guess this is what the sheets on the paper want from us. It's to fill in the blank, and then there's a key to this other sheet. Bouquet waved the two sheets around, with one in each hand. Blur and Scrape went over to the bedsheets and began untying them and looking for those numbers that they'd been told about. The pieces of paper in Bouquet's hands were snatched away by Cobra so that she could look them over. Do you have an implement to write down numbers, Cobra? No, I just wanted to look them over. I needed to know how numbers are leading us somewhere and how they might be filled in here. What is this sheet? It didn't make any sense to me. Bouquet shrugged, decided to just let her have it, and then went off to see if she could find a pen or a pencil somewhere around here, since she also didn't have a writing implement at the moment. First number is ten from this top-looking sheet, maybe. Well, I have three here. 
There was a bit more rummaging between the two men as they found the last number on the sheet. And 23. Latou looked at Cobra expecting her to do something. She, however, was completely wrapped up in the paper. Not a lick of attention was paid to them. I have found a pen, by the way. Maybe it will be a help. The puzzled and worried expression of Cobra only deepened this bouquet came over and offered it. None of this makes sense to me. These answers and these clues don't line up. I know, I know. I've been looking over them and can't figure them out. They are, however, all we have at the moment. So if you don't mind, write down the numbers in the spaces. Cobra looked up, snatched the pen away in annoyance, and then glared over at the other two. I need to know how many apples does it take to make a horse happy, with the number being divisible by nine. Well, the only numbers we have so far are ten, three, and twenty-three. The number three was almost written down, but Cobra stopped herself. She looked down at the sheet to see there was a lot of questions, and something in her mind told her that they may or may not repeat. So, maybe get the numbers all first. Is that all of them? Or, I don't think some of these will fit in some of the answers. No, wait, I remember the bureau. Right, right. I, I said that before. Or did you say that before? Uh, Bouquet. Why is no one listening to me? What is going on? In a rush, Bouquet was over and throwing up in the drawers to find the numbers she was looking for. It didn't take long before she had them. 245, 12, 4, and 5. 45 also goes e into 9 easily. That gives us two potential answers for the first question. How many questions do we have since we have eight numbers, is it? Cobra looked down on the paper, counting but not saying the numbers out loud as she went. Then looked up again. 20 questions that need numbers. And there is a key that says which numbers are important, right? She looked down again quickly, studying what was written for a few seconds. Um, kind of. It's another puzzle of finding and adding and then subtracting numbers. Well, no time to waste. How many apples would make a horse happy? They paused to think. More would make it happy. Besides, have you ever seen a horse? They eat so much stuff. They settled on that number and began getting the other numbers to fit into the questions one by one. They were all equally nonsensical. It asked for a number between three and six. What number is the highest and so on? There was a bit of wrangling, but they got the sheet filled out in total. And uh, now to the decipher key, right, Bouquet? That will probably only make things more complicated. Shush, Blur, we don't need more negativeness about this, this messed up situation. Then get on with it, Cobra. Bouquet had closed in so that she could read over the associate's shoulder, and the two were staring long and hard for a few moments at the paper. Well, do you have anything or not? So far, I think it says, I am the. But that is all that I've gotten, I think. What about you, Cobra? You get anything? Cobra looked over her shoulder, annoyed at the interruption, and then announced, I am the killer. Ha ha. Wait, are you confessing? 
No, I'm not. No, I am not, you numbskull. This is what is on the paper. What does it mean, then? Somebody's confessing. Well, I think it is rather obvious. Um, the person who set this all up is the killer. Do you mean, Cobra, that you think Ebenezer killed himself? With a nod of her head, Cobra pointed towards Bouquet. What she said, but this leaves us with another question. Alive or dead? And what if he is alive? It would explain how a body could disappear off this man, but it doesn't explain all the sights we saw, or much else, really. Wasn't he also cut up into several pieces? Also, I clearly saw his head on a chair. To me, that screams dead, or at least a holographic image projected. Uh, but uh, didn't you actually get close to him, Cobra, and examine him, sort of? Well, yes, I did. Everything looked clean from what I remember, and it didn't feel like a body, but I, I, I don't really know. I'm not a doctor. I didn't really touch him or anything like that, so I'm not sure if it felt like a body, but it might have. It looked like one, I guess. And then what about the chef? He was alive, and then he was dead. We didn't really stop and look for him. Should we go back to the kitchen and check it out? Perhaps he actually survived. Uh, before we do that, though, Blur, let's think for a minute. The cops are coming, and what do we have as evidence that shows that we did not commit a crime? All we have is a piece of paper with numbers on it, but that isn't going to be very convincing, I fear. Stumped by what Cobra and Scrape had pointed out, they all fell quiet while inching their way towards the door. Scrape was keeping an eye on Cobra and Bouquet, as they both sort of had confessed to being the killer. He didn't trust them, since only they had seen the paper. Well, um, what are we going to tell the cops when they arrive, by the way? Whatever they want to hear? <laughs> that sounds like a recipe for disaster, Bouquet. I don't care that much since we don't have proof of anything, really, Mr. Blur. We're likely all to wind up in jail if we're not careful. There is no body that we know of other than the potential chef, and no evidence of actual wrongdoing. So who knows if they'll just arrest us for invading or murder or what. If that's the case, Bouquet, then the worst they can charge us with is probably trespassing. But let's make sure there isn't a body in the kitchen first, shall we? Nods of agreement sent them out of the room. It was a bit of a journey to get back to the kitchen, even though they were running. This was in part because of the choice of the lead runner, who was Blur. He, he was a bit more cautious, since he wasn't sure of what was ahead of him. They bottlenecked against one another as a result, and each trying to be careful and then hurrying to the next spot that they felt was safe. One never knew where a disappearing robot or a body might show up, or anything really at this point. Eventually, though, they were down in the darkened kitchen, poking about, looking for a light switch. I think I found it. Cobra flicked the switch she'd found and started up some sort of machine. Well, this little panel has a lot of switches on it, so maybe it's over here. Five switches were moved to the on position by Blur. Which 
sent a lot of grinding noises and a bunch of other machines sparking to life. The noise was getting to be a bit much, so he switched them off. Well done, you two. Shut up, Bouquet, you haven't found the light switch yet. There was some shuffling of feet blowing to scrape as he made his way around the many counters. He was moving his feet carefully to avoid accidentally kicking into things or a body. He came to a stop, though, when his foot met a soft thing on the ground that he couldn't quite make out. I've got something that isn't a light switch. That isn't helpful either. Well, it's either a body or a creature, or maybe a bag of food, but it is a bit quite sketchy, squishy. The three looked towards where they heard Scrape's voice come from. They could kind of barely make out where he was, but not what was on the ground. Are you sure? No, but yes, Miss Cobra. But uh, someone else come over here and check it so it isn't just me. Bouquet was the first to move through the darkened room towards Scrape, carefully picking her way as she went. As she did, though, the lights came on automatically, illuminating the room under harsh glow. It certainly isn't a bag of food or a chef. The other two quickly met their way over, as he and Bouquet now stood over a body. That's the headless. Yes, it is. Well, this isn't good. With a glance and a move about the place, Bouquet did a quick search to see if she could spot the chef. She moved around and was joined by Blur, who realized what she was up to. A minute's search produced no other body, even in the freezers, which were given a quick once-over. They came back to stare at the body of Ebenezer, which they all took turns gently nudging with their feet. It certainly moved like it was a body. Well, what do you, what do you lot want to do about this? I say, Bouquet, we move him back to his original spot in the lounge area, where we found him. It's where he belongs, right? Why would we do that, Cobra? It would be a bit difficult to explain to the cops why the body is here and not there, and they might think we moved it. And besides, that's where the murder reportedly happened, didn't it? And... but what if it wasn't where the murder actually happened? Do you mean he was killed here? Right, Bouquet. We saw potentially a clone getting killed, which would still be illegal, but it's a grey area of crime. So, we didn't see him bite the bullet, but now we have him here, dead. But this could be another clone, if that's the case, in the first place. This could be a killed clone to make us look bad. Yes, or it could be him and this is where he was murdered. Thus, if we move him, we are disrupting the crime scene. And if we don't move him back, we're disrupting a crime scene. Scrape nodded in agreement to Blur's comments, even if he didn't completely agree in the moment. There was no way to know for sure which way things were going to swing. We should move the body. Why, Cobra? Because, Blur, just like the scene of the first murder, this place is too clean. Blur leaned down to try and pick up the body. His goo body, though, made this a slippery task, and he almost gave up. It was up to the two ladies who would join him as they tried to heft the body up. 
Wait, 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 we're not actually moving him. I'm only seeing if there's blood under his body so that we know whether or not, you know, this is the murder spot. Sure, sure. I managed to lift it up a few mere inch or so before it became heavy. It plopped onto the ground with a sickening plop that grossed the lot of them out. Alright, that is settled then. Didn't see any blood and we can't move the body. Therefore, it stays where it is. This was said as they launched the body slowly began to get dragged away. It isn't that hard to move these things. What are you three, a bunch of weaklings? Scraped with one little hand had grabbed the cloth around the shoulder area of this body and was dragging it towards the door. It was almost halfway to the door before the rest could respond. Are we sure it is Ebenezer? Someone dressed up a headless body to look like the old man? We don't know, and it's hard to tell, Cobra. Given all that's around here, I just don't want to rule out such things. Blur nodded in agreement. His own mind couldn't make headway into what was going on anymore, and there was a murder with a murderer having left strange messages, which probably meant it was Ebenezer who had killed himself. But to trust that thought, it felt like a dangerous idea. Fuck it, let's just move the body back to the lounge. Maybe something will make sense there. I doubt it will, but it is something to do at the moment instead of running around. The other three ABM pitching in to drag away the corpse that they'd come across. Making it back to the lounge, they put the body back in the chair that they'd last seen it in. Things looked about average in here, but still off as they stood there. The question of what to do now fresh on everyone's mind. Blur, if you don't mind, could you check to see if the gun is still in there? Yeah, sure. He went slithering away towards heavily damaged grandfather clock, while Scrape and Cobra began moving in towards the body to give it a thorough look now. Does he look off, Cobra? I'm trying to remember how he looked, and I can't get a clear image in my head. Well, he was a bit lanky, with some pudge in the middle. That's about what I took away from him. She nodded, but said nothing further on the matter. The body looked similar enough to her to be this Ebenezer. Her only problem was that trying to remember what the cook looked like, and if Scrape's description matched him as well. Then there was Bouquet, who moved about the room, looking over parts of it and wound up behind the chair where Ebenezer had sat. She then knelt down to look to see if there were any bullet marks in it. She pressed into the back of the seat with her hands, checking for any lumps. Where was he shot, by the way? The two in front, Cobra and Scrib, paused for a moment to think. Chest, maybe? It wasn't the head, I'm pretty sure. The only thing that's making me question that is if they removed the head, though maybe it was in the head and that's where the wound was? Getting rid of evidence or something, maybe? The head I saw in the third home office this place had or didn't have any wounds on it. Also, don't they keep heads these days? Put them in devices that allow the brains and things to keep working? If you're rich and famous, sure, that could happen. Bouquet stood up, looking annoyed and frustrated. There should be exit wounds from the body into the chair, unless the gun wasn't powerful enough. Blur, did you find anything about the gun? 
he came snaking his way back out and became a bigger shape, holding the firearm in his newly growing arm. It looked much like they'd last seen it. Shiny and new. The Mark V Bullet Laser Blaster, a powerful weapon in neat, tidy package. I remember the jingle for it well, now that I think about it. A bullet to blast through any big target, or something like that. They looked at the gun being held out in his hand. Are we 122% sure that that's the weapon? Pretty sure now that it's up close, and not in the clock. There was an interesting device attached to it, by the way. When the clock struck a certain amount of time, the gun would have its trigger pulled twice. He moved to eject a clip from the gun, which was done in a smooth enough motion. It came out of the bottom, and, and he began to count the shells as he slipped them from the clip that held them in there. Seven in total came out. Was that seven? Uh, blur, do you happen to know how many bullets that type of gun carries? Was it in the jingle you spoke of? No, that was not in the jingle bouquet. Most of these types of pistols, though, contain ten shots. It can vary. My own gun, which is not with me, happens to carry eight. The group was now crowding around the held-out gun while looking between it and the collected shells that had fallen to the ground, after having slipped through Blur's gooey body. Where does that leave us, though? Nowhere, and with no hint as to why any of this is occurring. It's all suspicion, though, and we, we were supposed to find out what we found. Uh, you're saying that this was a scavenger hunt, so to speak, Bouquet? We were led around because... They all figured and landed on the same answer, but let the moment of quiet linger. While well, we prove we can put together what was done by the man who claimed someone wanted to kill him, but why kill himself? Did he kill himself? It doesn't add up to anything yet other than a weird test. Yes, if he killed himself, that's the question that now needs to be answered. So, Bouquet, we need to find a man who probably knows every inch of this, his own ship, and can hide from us. We also still must worry about that robot as well, since we don't know where it went off to. And while those are all great ideas, where would we start looking? Blur? Cobra? Bouquet? Bucket? Whatever you want to call yourself? Well, it's simple, Scrape. We searched one place that we have not gone yet. The bridge of the ship. Oh, well, yeah, I suppose we could do that. Where do we find it? There were shrugs all around, and Scrape, who had been looking upward in exasperation, noticed there appeared to be spots on the ceiling. They looked like the spots where music might be brought in, like speakers or... Ship, do you have a computer who might tell us where Ebenezer is, or where the bridge is aboard this vessel? His companions all looked at him funny for a moment, as a buzz began filling the air. Then a slight crackle of noise came from above. Oh, good God, I haven't been called on in forever. I think I forgot that I existed for a while. But never mind that. Audi, what can I do for you? Is there a need for refreshments? Food? What have you called me for? We've been wasting so much time and we forgot to ask the ship if it has a computer. All ships have them. How can we be so foolish? We were being chased by a robot at one point, Bouquet. 
but I think we all got caught up in the moment of having a puzzle before us. Speak for yourself, Blur. I was always thinking about things and what might be. I just didn't want to call out. Blur glared over at Cobra and smirked at him in return. We're looking for the bridge of the ship, computer. You know, the steering area of it, or that or the owner of this vessel. Who we think is either dead or alive, we're not sure. Well, one of those things is sitting in the chair over there. The other, I have no idea. Which is it? I'm only asking to make sure that we don't run around confused, uh, computer. What is up is down and right is left. This ship is designed to make things simple and in front of you, while confusing at the same time. The answer you seek is what you already know. That's not helpful in the least. This is either the bridge of the ship or that is the body of Ebenezer. Either way, it doesn't look good for us. They all look towards Ebenezer's body, which stayed still. It sounds like another riddle to me, which I'm not a fan of, but uh, how would a ship not know where its controls are? Which means that might not be Ebenezer. Great, and we dragged him all the way here for nothing then. Well, we need to find out who this is then, don't we? Bouquet went over towards the body, and as she said this, began patting it down, looking for stuff. Also, that gun is powerful enough, from what we know, to punch through most aliens. Yet, in this case, there are no marks on the other side of this chair or in the chair. Should they be... Should they have been through the body or just into the chair, Bouquet? I was speaking of the chair, but unless those bullets cauterized the wound, which I doubt, then there should have been blood everywhere, Cobra. Well, the bullets don't all have to be the same. One can change ammo types and have it shoot a little less powerfully. This gun is known for being able to do that. Blair had brought himself down closer to the floor to examine the bullets up close that had fallen to the ground. All of this is great and gets us to figure out this person's death, but it doesn't get us closer to why all of this is happening, unless we take Ebenezer's word for what's going on. You mean that someone was after him and found a way to make him kill himself? I won't say no to that, since it sounds as good as anything I've come up with, Cobra, but at the same time, we still need to question it. Bouquet had come up with a wallet in her hands and began going through it with vigor. I found a government-issued ID, by the way. And does it say Ebenezer? Yes, Ebenezer Black, to be exact, and nothing else was inside of this wallet, Cobra, so it might be set up, or it might not be. Unfortunately, this seems to be a dead end. Though I do remember a different last name. Maybe Black is his middle name? Was it Slithered or something? There was a heavy thud, thud, thud noise that echoed about the chamber, and everyone froze for a moment, wild eyes looking about the space. Is that our warning that some new bad thing is about to happen? Oh, hey, uh, guys, just thought I'd drop by and give you a heads up. There seems to be some visitors at the front door. Um... It looks official with a nice uniform. I'm going to let them in in a moment, if that's okay. Are they cops?
Who else would it be, Blur? Well, maybe the government. They tend to have nice, odd uniforms. Uh, well, some aliens might consider them nice, or maybe not. They're pretty much the same thing at this point, Scrape. However, Scrape was already headed for the door to peek out and ignored Cobra's comment. The ballroom was cleared from what he could see, so he turned back to his companions. Well, what do you all want to do? I'm all for going up and talking to them about this whole mess. Uh, we get our story out before they can figure out what's going on. Anyone in agreement? Instead of replying to this query, though, the other three made for the door to leave. Bouquet felt her jaw drop, but went after them, not content to be left behind. Who knew what tales they might try and weave if she wasn't there? There was a good chance they might try and say something, judging from the way things were going around here. One of them was most likely definitely in on whatever this crime was, in her opinion. The four would come to a scrambled stop in front of the door that would allow them to the docked ship to pass aliens into this one. They saw a regal-looking figure standing there in the window, waiting for the doors to open for them. The spacesuit uniform that they wore did have a distinct feeling of police-like atmosphere to it. Well, the police are definitely here. Yep, Bouquet, you wanted to talk to them, uh, so you get the honor of letting them in, or that one in. Cobra said this as she pointed towards the window, and Bouquet stepped forward looking for a handle or a button to press and to open the door. Nothing was appearing, and so she turned and looked back at the rest. Why does this feel like another setup to me? I fear we're about to see this cop killed, because of what's happened lately. They all looked to the cop, who saw them and was standing there, arms crossed, looking rather unhappy from what they could see in the shielded helmet, as it waited around for someone to open up the door for them. Wait, didn't the computer say that the uh, people, that it was going to open the door? Where is it? Let it do its job. Sorry about my lateness to the affair, but it looks like I just can't open a door all of a sudden. What do you mean, computer? I went to open it, but it appears to me that I am locked out. Is there a door handle to it? We will open it. If you happen to know of one? Oh, of course, of course. A bouquet, but a, it's a complicated locking system. There's one on the other side of the door and one on this side. Two people have to turn the handle at the same time for it to work. A small panel by the door plopped off and revealed a handle of some sort that could be twisted. Bouquet went over to it and looked towards the ceiling, since that's where the robot's voice was coming from. Have you told the cop this information? I just did that in five, four, three, two, one. Fearing that she would miss the right moment, Bouquet began twisting before the one was even completed. It took some strength to get the handle moving, but it did as it slowly, heavily slid from the center position to the right. A hiss of noise followed as the door slid open, and this police officer marched in, looking at all of them for a second. He then began removing his helmet as the door began sliding shut behind him, though he was struggling with it, but he would not be defeated by it.
I am Detective of the News, and there was a report of a murder aboard this luxuriously stupid yacht. A Mr. Ebenezer, who is a president of the Galactic Congress, or reportedly is reportedly dead, or oh, that is what I heard. Um, that is what the ship told me. Uh, so, what do you, any of you have to say to this? It wasn't us. Yes, as Scrape says, though it might have been one of us, but we're not certain. We just know that uh, I'm proclaiming my innocence. We have no evidence of any murder actually occurring here, so, um, no, no murder has happened. Also, things aren't as they appear. This detective news looked at them rather puzzled and confused, trying to take in the rapid-fire responses. End of part four of The Murderous Yacht Thank you for listening.